Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Ritu Singh, VP and Head of Product for Gain Capital, a part of Stonex Group. Businesses include Global CFD and FX brands, Forex.com and City Index and Futures Group which provides access to the world's major commodity and derivatives trading on over 30 global exchanges. Now, Ritu has worked in the global financial services and consumer goods organizations, and she describes her learning as from the ground up, starting her career as an FMCG sales intern and over the years working across roles with increasing responsibility and impact in the areas of product, and brand management, strategic marketing, proposition development, product strategy, and development. She has lived, studied, and worked in India, Singapore, France, and the UK, and enjoys working and learning with diverse teams. So you can imagine she's got a lot to tell us and share. So welcome. Thank you very much, Ritu, for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you for having me. So it's so great to have you here today. I'd love for you to tell us just a bit more about GAIN and now Stonex. Sure. So GAIN essentially provides trading platforms to retail and institutional traders, now part of Stonex group, which, you know, how we like to communicate in sort of a few words is that we connect clients to markets. Mm -hmm. So we provide um, institutional grade global market access, end-to-end clearing and execution and high-touch service and deep expertise through through our partnership with our clients. Our clients use us for their trading needs on a day-to-day basis. And, and we you know, pan across retail and institutional clients. So it's a heavily digital um, business. And it sounds like it incorporates so much. So it seems like such an exciting business. Could you tell us a bit more about your role and what it entails? Sure. Um, So my role here um, is as a head of payments product and for account management. I look after the payment vertical in terms of product development, as well as product management and payment operations. And I also look after our digital account management capabilities. And that also includes product development and product management side of things. So that in itself is, um, is quite a lot, especially in this uh, ever-changing market. Can you tell us a little bit more about your varied background across all the sectors that you've had experience of? Sure, probably 
be a long story. Um, <laughs> we love so, to listen. <laughs> you know, I started working in the consumer goods sector. I worked across uh, product and marketing, and I love that sector because it gives you a really rich um, learning, and it's a good sort of training ground in terms of understanding how products work, how brand works, and because it's such a customer-focused sector, you kind of it's the best thing to cut your teeth on if you're learning to deal with customers and learning to sell, market, develop products, etc. I then um, moved on to consumer finance, and there. You know, started working with multinational companies like the General Electric consumer finance arm. It was it was really interesting because I could take my learning from consumer goods to consumer finance. Learning was related to product and marketing. Um, however, the product was completely different. And that's when I think I, I took that risk. But what I learned is that this is something one can do. And I actually enjoyed it so much that, you know, that take learning from one sector and apply to a different one that I actually have done that every few years ever since. Mm. So, so after sort of working in G for a few years, I actually took a break and did my MBA because at that point I thought, well, I've done, I've worked in India enough. I want to like work globally. What better way to restart my career in terms of in the international space, let's do an international MBA, right? So I went to INSEAD, did, did a one year MBA and then I came, came to London and I said, okay, so this time, what am I going to change? So I kept the sector constant, so financial services, but I moved from a marketing role to a product role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was for a not-for-profit financial services organization. And there, again, it was, it was a really good learning and growing experience. And then after having worked there for a few years, um, having sort of honed my teeth on digital arm of financial services, because digital was just taking off at that point in time. I mean, I realized that I like, I like financial services, but actually I like digital more. Okay. So, so, you know, FinTech was just sort of beginning to take off. And that's when I kind of moved to TravelX, again, in product and marketing. It was a completely different space in terms of what, the, what the product was, but again, transferable skill sets, digital a business that was going to go digital in a big way and then from there moved to gain again a, a totally like it's a purely digital business right uh, so it's it's fintech and technology is the mainstay of the business and you know i've been here ever since so i look for changes in terms of where i can apply what i've learned and then grow from there on and learn new things as well mm. so Rita, i've got to say i love this story because I think that even when you did your MBA, I know that you were juggling the MBA and a young child and, and, and you've really progressed your, your career forward and you're such an inspiration to others to see how you've progressed that. I wanted you to tell us a little bit more about how important you feel changes and getting used to change and having these transferable skills. Like you've told me before that you see that as a huge asset to anyone looking to progress their career, this sort of adaptability and, and having these transferable skills and not being afraid of change. Could you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts around that? Sure. I, I actually think adaptability is, is a real strength. It's not only a strength for what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. It's, it's a strength that, that helps you to grow and learn on an ongoing basis. 
And especially in today's world, when things are changing so fast, even in your current role, um, let's say if you're using a certain toolkit, let's say a digital toolkit today, it might become obsolete tomorrow. So you need to be able to learn, adapt, and then own it and then grow. And then if, if you want to progress in your career, it, not, it won't always be in a single ladder. It might be a series of ladders, which are probably placed place next to each other, right? So you might end up making parallel moves before you end up making a vertical move up. So to be able to do that and to able to get that width of experience, you need to be ready to take the risk to move out of your comfort zone. You know, whether what whatever that zone is, is it at an industry level? Is it at a function level? Is it at a geography level, right? It, you can change one or two or all three of them, right? We used to have this um, saying in INSEAD that very often MBAs from INSEAD can, you know, they choose to change one out of these three, but sometimes people actually change three out of three and an MBA can equip you for that. However, it's not just an MBA. You can equip yourself by building the skills that you can move across an industry, a function, or a geography. So and, an industry, and, a function, or a geography. And geography. out of those three, you get used yeah. to, great, that's really good advice. So, I mean, I think that's keeping that sort of in mind and making sure when you're viewing yourself and what you do in slightly broader terms, don't, don't narrow down your work that, you know, you're working in a certain silo and this is the only silo that you would be comfortable working in. So view your work from the outside in rather than from inside out. Mm -hmm. And, and then when you're talking to people, you can present to them that outside in view and they would understand it from an outsider's perspective as well. And that automatically will help you to bring out the skills and, and the strengths that are actually more widely applicable. I think that's such, such good advice. And I love it because, you know, when I introduce this podcast, I say we're going to talk about walking that talk, you know, because yeah. I love it to be about action. And my favorite thing about this story is that you, you have walked the talk of that advice in your career with the moves that you've made. Um, so you're really telling us a story from, from real life experience and success, which is, which is brilliant. Now, one of the things that you mentioned to me was with Stonex, you've been quite impressed with their Women at Stonex campaigns. Um, so just wanted you to share that with us, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is really interesting as, as you know that um, Gain Capital was acquired by Stonex. And while we are still in this journey of sort of coming together as an organization, but the changes, a lot of the changes already happened and we are sort of coming together as a group um, quite nicely. One of the things I was really impressed about was that we have this, I would say, quasi-working group called Women at Stonex. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there's an official leader, to be honest, of the group, but our, our CIO, Abby Perkins, she can lead that group informally. And the, what the group does is hold events, which, I mean, at the moment, they're all virtual, of course, and, and provides a forum for women to share articles, thoughts, um, any researches about, about women at workplace or around workplace. And we hold women, uh, you know, events which help women in their career prospects, whether it's about your common everyday questions like how do I ask for a salary increase or it's about 
something for maybe slightly mid, mid, mid senior level executives like uh, building an executive presence. So we call outside consultants, hold these virtual events and invite all, all the women. And of course, men are invited too, because you know, everybody, can, everybody can learn from these practices. I mean, in, in StoneX itself, um, now with, with the game sort of being absorbed into it, we have about 30% women in, in total, which is it's a really interesting number because it, it just seems that that's the number that seems to follow me wherever I go in, <laughs> yeah. in, in, terms of, in terms of women at workplace or women in classroom. It's about 30%. So of course, it would be great if it is more, but I think 30% is, is, a, good, is a good point to be at. The other good part is that it's not your typical pyramid, right? So that the women are sort of represented at different levels within the organization. So we have analysts, directors, VPs, um, heads of SVPs. So we have women at every sort of layer in the, of the structure of the organization. So reasonably sort of well represented. So I think that that's been sort of impressive and, and it gives I think it's, it's quite motivating for, for the women who are working at Stonex. So we're belonging to this group and know that, that the company is thinking about them, is thinking about providing them with the right skill sets, with the right sort of training, and, and making sure that they can think about their career and growth actively. Yeah, I think this is so important and is often overlooked. Like, like as you're talking, it really makes me think about um, the gender pay gap. So, you know, this year the gender pay gap was dropped in the UK because of yeah. COVID, which was a, a terrible decision, I believe. And I think when I did lots of research about this back in March, one of the biggest things that came up was the sort of lack of support and education that leads to the that leads right. to the gender pay gap. Right. And that support and education are the two things that you actually used as examples. You said how, how to ask for a pay review or a salary rise and how to have more exec presence. And these are things that are like you, you've just used them as examples of, of what's covered. And I can imagine so much more is, but you completely hit the nail on the head for what actionable change we need to be encouraging in the marketplace at the moment. It isn't just about saying, we need change to happen. It's about making that change happen. That education piece is so important. I to totally agree. I think education and awareness are probably the, the basis on which everything else can be built. And a lot of times when you're so busy at work in your day-to-day -day work, you're not even sort of raising your head from the desk to give it a second thought as to what else you could be doing or you should be doing, taking some time out from your normal workday and actually devoting it um, exclusively from a personal development growth perspective. And, and if an outside forum is available and if there is enough publicity and you know there are champions and senior leadership champions of those forums, it, it actually makes everyone else sit up and take notice and like, hey, yeah, I should possibly be doing this. 30 minutes of my day, maybe I should you may cancel a meeting and attend this, this webinar. And it's a hard decision, especially nowadays, because you feel like you are sort of chained to your desk, even though <laughs> the desk may be a dining table in your house, but it, it does feel like that. So, so yeah, having, having um, senior leaders who are champions 
of such schemes and then you know motivating other women in the organization to participate is it's it really makes a difference yeah yeah i i really really love what, what you've been doing there and there was something else that really stood out when we had our conversation before this pod and i wrote it down and i underlined it because i love this quote and you're the person that said it and you said fintech will allow you to balance your work around your life rather than your life around your work I just thought that was such a brilliant thing to say because I am, and I know you are as well, so passionate about trying to demystify what fintech is to the outside community so that we can attract people from different backgrounds, different points of view, and really just open up people's eyes to the the wonderful world that, that fintech can be. So I wanted you just to share your thoughts on why you think fintech can be a great environment for women. But also, let's be honest, we know that there have been some barriers there too. We can probably start by sort of the very definition of fintech. What is fintech? And I think we've been using this term for a very long time now. And initially, it kind of meant something, you know, because everything was new and tech was new in finance. And now I almost feel like this is like legacy, as we like to call it in the technology uh, world. It's a leg- legacy term, simply because you've got to be tech, right? If you, if you want to do something in, in today's environment and you want to compete, tech is going to be essential <laughs> to be able to do that. So in terms of, so when you kind of take this forward in terms of your career or planning your career or where you want to be working, I think this whole barrier or um, I would say the hoo-ha around fintech is no longer valid simply because, um, yes, everything is tech-based, right? So here is a financial organization. They do something cool and it's based on technology. Yes, because that's the future of organization. That's how things will be. So for a person to think that, oh, I haven't worked in this sector before, um, would, is, it, is it daunting or is it, is it going to be difficult to sort of adapt to? I think those barriers have sort of started to come down quite quite drastically. What what fintech offers, because of the very nature, because it's it's an organization which is built on technology, it not only uses technology to offer its products and services to its customers, technology is very, very heavy in your day-to-day work, right? The tools, the work tools that you use. And it makes the, your whole sort of work life very flexible mm-hmm. because you even before the pandemic hit, I had the flexibility to work from home or work remotely because I was fully equipped to. Um, we were fully equipped to work you know, out of your laptop and perhaps a phone if you needed one. Maybe you didn't even need one. A Wi-Fi and a laptop is good enough. I could work from anywhere mm. um, because we were set up like that as an organization. And when, when the pandemic did hit, I mean, I wouldn't take away from our IT colleagues and, and their sort of real push to make sure that we can all work remotely. But the effort to do that was so much more less because we were already equipped to do it. So for women, having that flexibility to work from anywhere, anytime, it helps you organize your work around your life, right? Whether it's child pickups or drop-offs or whether it's figuring out what time you need to be at home for whatever reason, you can be at home or away from home even, when, when you want to be and you organize your work accordingly. 
And because you're working in typically um, organizations where people are not coming to office all at one time, they're working remotely or working globally across geographies or time zones, you get so used to this virtual working environment that the whole organization kind of supports it. So that's the other thing you get in fintech. There isn't that pressure that you have to be physically present to be actually contributing to work. And I think that that really allows you to be so much more productive, but at the same time, have a relatively balanced life. I wouldn't say, you know, the balance is this mythical thing that all of us are always chasing, but yeah, getting there um, in, in, a, in a reasonable way is, is what you can have. Barriers to fintech, I think now are probably, I think it's, it's more, more in our heads rather than, rather than the organization sort of looking at it like that. Because careers in fintech are not only in technology, right? It's not as if you have to be a software engineer to find a career in fintech. You can be looking at careers much more widely. It could be in human sources, it could be in product, it could be in analytics and marketing. And all of these pathways have a lot of tech in them. However, they re require a lot of generalist skills as well. So if you're relatively tech savvy, you're keeping your eyes and ears open and you are willing to upskill yourself, actually there aren't any sort of real barriers after that point. Mm. And, and yeah, you can just connect it to the previous point I was saying in terms of take your skills, see how you can apply, be willing to learn. I mean, learning is also virtual now, right? So you can, you can gather learning um, as you go along. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, everything that you've shared with us today has been around those, those core themes of, you know, always learning and being and being agile enough to have your 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 mind open and be open minded about the industry and about how you progress your career. Like I loved your analogy of, you know, progression isn't just up that one ladder. In fact, there's probably ten ladders, and you're gonna have to jump across a few. And I, you know, I love <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like to 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 be visual about this i think is is great because it really just will encourage people out there that if you're going for that promotion and you're doing a sideward sideward step before you get there that's okay because you're learning so um yeah. i've loved what you said Rissy. there is so much that we can take away from this so much actionable change for people so thank you for sharing your inspirational story your background everything about how you've progressed and how everyone else can as well. So it's been brilliant getting to know you and listening to you today on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nadia.